Hi-ho, Andy the Frog here. I'd like to welcome today's musical guest. It's Matt playing Camp Nerve. Yay! Got no mother, just my father. He brought me to Nerf Headquarters. Nerf sounds very entertaining. I hope my job's not too emotionally draining. I went driving with Misato in her busted, broken auto. I just met Ray Ayanami. Sometimes it seems like she has no autonomy. Now I'm living with Misato, and she's always come completely blotto. There's a penguin on the potty, and I showed Misato my entire naked body. Hey, there's Kensuke, he's so nerdy, and Toji, who likes him pretty, Asuka saw you. She hates meekness. She berates me when she thinks I'm showing weakness. There's no hope. Oh, damn you, Fada. There's no hope. Don't make me pilot the Ava. My life is so unfair. Fada, please tell me that you care. There's no hope. I've been absorbed and I feel fear. I think I sense my mother here. It's a bloody rebirth day. What do you think Freud would say? Left by Mara, left by Fada. Who know I could love another? Then Kaworu came to see me. But he was an angel, so I popped his head free. Just a minute. Souls are merging. All our hearts are now converging. I found out why living's better. So congratulate me, everyone, together. Neutralizing target. Sorry, nothing personal, kid. Sorry, nothing personal. All right, come on, let's get you to Unit One.
Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes talk about anime. And kind of miss their 30s. <laughs> I'll miss it soon enough. Soon enough, dudes. Soon <laughs> enough. And even without his umbilical cable attached, he's still got 12,000 plates of fortified armor. He's Matt. Oh, yeah, baby. God knows, I'm not perfect either. I've made a ton of stupid mistakes, and later I regretted them. And I've done it over and over again, thousands of times. A cycle of hollow joy and vicious self-hatred. I'm Bill. <laughs> I, really thought, I really thought you were going to throw that to Andy at the last second. <laughs> I know! <laughs> and, and his chamber of golf is open. He's Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, the entire up. recording has been open? <laughs> Yes. You're just now telling me about my chamber of golf being open? That's like my nightmare, going to work, get halfway through the day before someone finally says, uh, by the way, mister, your, <laughs> your chamber, chamber of golf, of is, golf open? is open. <laughs> See, I structured that. You think I put no thought into this. <laughs> like I said. Your chamber of golf is open and I can see your little soul. Oh. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm a soul man. <laughs> that was your penis singing. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get these laughs out of the way because we're about to go dive in to Neon Genesis Evangelion, the end of Evangelion. <laughs> Finally, you know we get until we watch more of it. The finale ish. The OG finale. The OG finale. The second OG finale. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. So how we doing? How we feel? I mean, I I was doing great. <laughs> we got to watch some mechs shoot each other. <laughs> we're about to watch more mechs shoot each other. Thank you very no, much. No, no, we're not. There, there is. There's a really the best fight scene of all of Evangelion is in this film. You're not wrong. That's one mech. Well, I guess we could say that some objects are being shot at something. Yes. Yeah, they're shooting. There's at not other mechs Avis. shooting each other. It's it's, it's it's they're shooting at other Avas. It, it's it's a mech fighting. Yeah, I suppose. A mech of. fighting nine mechs. <laughs> Those aren't mechs. They are two. They just have, but more throwing than shooting. <sighs> yeah, more that's more of that. <laughs> we are going to talk about this film, uh, which is actually two different films that were collected together into one, uh, which is goes under the name <laughs> okay, of. Okay, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Actually, and there's actually a third part to this, which is like the death and rebirth, I think is what it's called, which is uh -huh. the the indiest end of the end. Which which is which is the collection of the uh it's one one film that tackles episodes 1 through 24 as a recap. Yeah. Oh, I tried which, to watch I, that. I might want to try and watch that myself see if how if I like it better than the series itself. I have not tried it. I tried to watch it and I was like, "Oh, this is just the same shit over again. What the hell?" <laughs> Because back, back in the day, they would give theatrical releases to things that were like half an hour long. And that's probably what they did with this, but I don't know for sure. Fair enough. We are not talking about death and rebirth. We are going to be talking about the end of Evangelion, which is the sort of um, retry of episodes 25 and 26, which we talked about at length in our previous episode of discussing Evangelion, mm. where the anime ends with everyone congratulating Shinji. <laughs> on a job well done of bringing the world back yeah. through instrumentality. And I thought I, they were I, congratulating him on not hating himself. That too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that would be a bleak ending where it's just like, oh, well, instrumentality still happens, everyone's still dead, but Lee Shinji finally got his congratulations. <laughs> well, I think that's why 
it didn't happen because he he decided he doesn't hate himself. Mm-hmm. God damn I, it! I like to imagine <laughs> that after the series ended, Hideki Anno came into Gainax and declared the news: "We've got a budget, folks. We can finish it the way we want to." A little bit about the film, talking about Anno and the budget and the other things. This came out uh, first initial release on July nineteenth, nineteen ninety seven which is the year following the end of the original series. Uh, it was a box office boom for Japan. in Japan. It grossed uh, 2.47 billion yen. Is that a lot? Uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a, a good amount. Of, for, back, for back then, that's a good amount of money, especially for films back then. Yeah. A market that's much smaller than the somewhere, United States market. Somewhere around a million yeah, somewhere. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know my conversion rates, and I don't know my conversion rates dating back to 1997 as well. I don't either, which is why I asked. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I don't have an answer for that. I'm not googling it. <laughs> this came about in large part because, as we discussed in our last episode, episodes 25 and 26 were kind of a mess. There were budget concerns. There were timing concerns. There were creativity concerns, and things being held up and changed. <laughs> when the last two episodes were originally conceived and created. And we even talked about in our last discussion that in some of the end credits at the very end of every episode, there's the preview to the next episode, that if you watch some of the, like, on episodes 24 and 25, you saw sketches and animatics of things that did not show up in episodes 25 and 26, but actually did show up in the film later on. Including my my the one that really popped out at me was they have a scene I think it's the end of episode twenty four where they're talking about what's going to come up in twenty five in the regular series and there's Asuka with the big fucking bladed sword thing and it's like kind of weirdly drawn not fully animated and it kind of shows like her like hitting something with that that's from the film <laughs> and that's why we have those weird moments uh, when Matt pointed out in episode twenty five and twenty six how there was just a shot of Ritsko and Masato being dead. That's explained here. <laughs> or when Bill's like, what's up with Gendo's hand? That's here. <laughs> My mama told me. Also, a couple things. At the end of the series of Evangelion, and I think Matt discussed this as well the last episode, Anno received a lot of criticism, a lot of hate online, people talking about killing him, death threats. He was going to leave the animation industry completely. And he was given a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of a pep talk from Hayao Miyazaki to say, like, hey, just just take a little bit of time off. Uh, <laughs> That's impressive with Miyazaki. Yeah. <laughs> you need Batman, Miyazaki to come in to, Man, to pat Miyazaki. you on the back. But, 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 but Miyazaki-san, you don't take any time off. <laughs> How many yeah. times have you supposed to, like, have quit? Uh, so. But is there a person alive who wouldn't respond to the pep talk from Hayao Miyazaki? Uh-uh. No. Like, even if they don't know who his work, like, if he just showed up, assuming they can understand him. Right. Like. Oh, I'm going to listen to him. Yeah. Don't you think he's just going to sit down with the translator and just be the perfect Japanese grandpa and just put you back on track? <laughs> yeah. Either Miyazaki or Shigeru Miyamoto, if either of them, um, I would I would listen to every word they they, they would say advice-wise. So I don't know who the that, other that's one is. The Mar- that's the guy who made Mario. Oh, okay. <laughs> As much as you like Mario, I don't. I don't know that I would take life advice from the guy that made oh, Mario. Oh, Mi- Miyamoto is brilliant. Like, he's oh, is he okay? Not just his game design, but like he's just a really neat dude. If you okay, because more of him, because without having like like I don't know much about Miyazaki, but I've seen his movies. I understand the the depth. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like 
the guy from Mario is like, uh, have you tried jumping on a turtle? We <laughs> <laughs> other games aside that, but okay, that's fair. I, I have never seriously I, I, I have never seriously heard him encourage people to bash their heads against bricks. <laughs> Been there though. Uh, hey, that's so so because of all that, he did decide. Let's give this another shot. He did decide to stick it out, and that's where we got our end of Evangelion, uh, which is the much more realized ending to uh, to the series. The movie is split into two. Um, one, it tackles episode 25, essentially. Uh, part one, which is titled Love is Destructive. Uh, and then there is part two, which is essentially the replacement for episode 26, which is titled I Need You. Uh, since there are two episodes we're going to be tackling as part of this discussion or this movie, two of us are going to be tackling it, which means that Matt is going to handle part one for us, and I'm going to be handling part two. And Bill's here to make a lot of interesting commentary uh, and jokes, I'm sure. Yes. Any Anything about us handling parts, Bill? I was going to say something about handling number two. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Matt, we've got a long way to go in this discussion, so let's get started with part one, Love is Destructive. At least number one, sterile. Okay, end of Evangelion. The movie begins with cicadas, Bill. Cicadas. Cicadas. Always cicadas. Always, always cicadas. In the endless summer that is Evangelion, cicadas. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Our first visuals of the movie is a destroyed, flooded city, Shinji, and an angel statue, and then the Nerve Hospital. That's the uh, angel statue that Kaworu was us. (laughs) Yes. Was I was sitting on being like, I'm not an angel. (laughs) Me? (laughs) We visit the nerve hospital where we see Shinji, who is talking to an unresponsive Asuka. All right, we are are about to talk about that scene. And anyone who knows anime, even if you've not seen Evangelion... If you know anything about anime, you know about the scene that we're about to talk about here. Well, then I apparently didn't know anything about anime. Okay. I did not see this coming. Okay. This All right. Well, this was new to Bill crazy. and only new to Bill. This oh, is Bill. <laughs> this is a this is a scene that my good friend Chris heard about, and he decided then and there that he was never going to watch Evangelion because of it. You know, that's fair. <laughs> I should tell him that I've seen it now. So. But I'm not hey. even mad at that. And I hadn't. Shinji's telling Asuka how he's afraid of Misato and he's afraid of Rei, and he's begging Asuka to wake up, but she won't wake up. But she does roll over, and Shinji gets a face full of boobs. <laughs> boobs. <laughs> he's like, oh, I saw boobs. And there's, there's only one reasonable way to handle this situation. Only one. <laughs> and being the kind fellow that he is, Shinji decides to cook a little something up, and he makes his own gravy. (laughs) Okay, so, I know that this scene is kind of vilified, and 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 for good reason. Yes. I do want to talk for a little bit about how do we answer the question of why Shinji does this. And I think this opening scene, as disgusting... And immoral as it comes across is, I think, extremely important for setting the stage for where Shinji's at throughout the first 24 episodes, ending with a, you know, squeeze plop of Kaoru. Uh-huh. He's alone. I thought, I, 
I wasn't sure what moment you were referring to when he said squeeze flop. You know, the head. Because, I mean, <laughs> arguably, he just did a squeeze flop. So, Shinji's alone. He feels himself completely alone. He's lost Kaoru. <laughs> he feels himself completely alone. Stop. Stop. <laughs> so, he's lost Kaoru. <laughs> he has a completely non-existent relationship with his father. He's still mourning the loss of his mom and trying to learn and figure out, like, how she's still connected with all this. The whole, like, seeing the Ray clones and all that has fucked him up. The whole thing with Masato, has, he's, like, reached his final straw with Masato. He has nothing. He has no one. His brain is fucked. I think after all of this, he's he's just a fractured human being. And I'm not excusing this gross, be, like, immoral behavior, but this is just kind of where he's at. Like, he, he goes to Asuka looking for, like, the one person he has left... It's kind of like seeking out a, an abusive relationship, right? Like, like she's been nothing but cruel to him throughout this, and here she, here he is. Like, I need someone. Everyone's gone. I need to turn to her. And there is that sexual tension between them that we saw earlier in, in, in like the kissing scene. There's this sort of like obviously like the there's a repression of his sexuality uh, that was like starting to burgeon a little bit with Kaoru. This is the release of that sexual tension, I suppose. Yeah. In real life, 14-year-old boys are animals. Yes. Yeah. And he has had nobody to even try to yes. train him to not be yes. a complete and utter yeah. Yeah. At least, gross little animal. At least if Gendo was there, he could have said, Now, Shinji-san, this is a pornographic magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Please read the article. I mean, some something. Like, yeah, use this magazine instead of your friend in a coma. Yeah, no, it's fucked up. And he even has that moment of, that post-moment of, like, looking at... Post-nut like, clarity? Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but he has post-nut clarity he where does. he's like... Where he's like, Is that what you wanted to not yeah, say? Yeah, yeah, I was trying not to say that, but okay. Where he's like, I'm... I'm he's like, he's like, I'm fucked up. I'm a monster. He realizes that was not the answer. That was <laughs> not... He, he, should, he should not have done that at all. <laughs> well, that wasn't the answer. <laughs> so, like, as fucked up as it is, it yeah. really, right away, pinpoints just how lost and fucked up he is. And this sort of thing can happen if you just totally lose yourself in a moment. As Eminem sang about. But, but <laughs> That's what I breathed not into, spe- Bill! <laughs> not specifically this. Lose yourself <laughs> in the moment. I didn't see 8 Mile. I didn't know it. there was a scene of him jerking off at a hospital. <laughs> I, you know it's Eminem, so it's pretty, pretty possible. I, I, yeah. I didn't say I didn't so. believe it. <laughs> Alright, let's move on from the scene. Let's okay. someone else wants to say All right. to after, after Shinji makes his own gravy, we see <laughs> the nerve staff talking about Kaworu. 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 What did I say? Kaworu? Yeah, you did it right. I just I just, I just can never say it. Kaworu. Kawasaki. Kawabunga. Anyway, uh, they talk about how Kaoru was the final angel, but that like the whole place is locked down. Mm-hmm. And what's his name thinks that Nerve's going to be uh, abandoned, and they have no idea what's going to happen. They're going to have to Hyoga, uh, the long-haired one. <laughs> They're just going to have to tough it out until instrumentality begins. There's a countdown. It's like New Year's Eve. It's like it countdown to <laughs> instrumentality. Everybody seems completely into this instrumentality thing, right? I don't think they understand it. You don't think so? I don't think I don't think most people understand it or they 
have been fed a lot of lies regarding what it actually is. Okay. Brain, they're brainwashed. So, all right. So I was, I was kind of mentally comparing, starting to compare nerve to a cult. So I guess that works. No, absolutely. Like Heaven's Gate. Mm-hmm. You know, they all thought they were going to go to a spaceship, not just die in Nikes with suicide pudding. Right. Who's to say they didn't? Me. I say that. <laughs> <laughs> Sile and Gendo are talking yeah, about the same kind of stuff they always talk about. Yep. <laughs> about, about everybody about a reborn need, world. Yeah, something. and everybody needs to die because Sile says, through death all become one. But Gendo kind of kind of disagrees. Through death, God, man, and all life forms will at last become one. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> yeah, but Gendo doesn't want that to happen. Right. Right. This is where like we kind of talked about it last time, but it was it's still kind of confusing. But like so so Sile wants everyone to become like the goopy LCL all one, so that way the world can be reborn. We can basically like a fresh restart, essentially. Uh huh. And Gendo's like, I just want to be with Yui. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't mention Yui by name, but does say she chose to remain inside the Eva. Mm-hmm. Which is obviously Yui. Yeah. It's nighttime, and Ray wakes up. There's a full moon. She has some sort of moment, and then she leaves her apartment. She's going for a midnight stroll. She's going for a midnight stroll. We get a shot of Gendo's old broken glasses. Oh, so, yeah. Shenji can't sleep. He's got his Walkman. Small detail, yeah. uh, which I which I love. Like, he's... Anytime we've seen him with a Walkman, that has, has been his, like, one way to drown out the world and escape. But if you look at... And you listen to the scene. There's no music playing, and you look the 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 battery's dead. Uh, yeah, on it. Yeah, um, uh, and it's like just, just that little bit more of that symbolism of like he's got nowhere else to go. Like every, every all of his avenues, like this is the end for him. All right, so uh, he's just being a nutball and putting uh, dead earbuds in because mm-hmm. fuck it. At least it might drown out some sil- or drown out something. Or it's of- just or it's just doing. Yeah, just the mm-hmm. illusion. Uh-huh. Just the yeah. So I like that little small detail. Oh, that was a really good detail. Change the scene to Misato's. She's snuck into somewhere or other, and she's reading the real story of what the second impact was. Did you pause on this screen, Matt? I did. Okay, so you f- so you found the Easter egg. Well, maybe I did. Um, uh, the the I did the, the English text is all is once again. In a previous episode, I pointed out that they had a shots of paperwork which just had the history of Gynex written on mm-hmm. it. This also it has their history, but they've changed the names to in-universe names. So here's my, my thought, is like this is being released in Japan. It's all in English. The majority of the audience, like us, is not going to be able to like read the other language. So like they throw Ava and instrumentality and unit one and all these like like words but like when you read it doesn't make sense with the context of it in english but they did that just just so like at, at a first glance it's like oh i see those words and i know those words because those are words used in the anime yeah yeah if you just barely understood it's a great i love that it's a great easter egg though it was it, it is was, it was very good sadly the binary code translates into nothing <laughs> oh that's did you go that far i did <laughs> Oh damn! I'm okay, well, I tried to go that far. Then I, was, then I was like, "Okay, this sucks." Did somebody else on the internet do it for me? And so, oh, of course, someone did. <laughs> of course. Here comes the first bit of real action for this for the movie because Nerve has lost communications and Seeley has begun hacking the Magi. Yes, the Magi are going to be overtaken. Yep, this would be bad. 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 They managed to 
put up a firewall or something though. Uh, they thanks do. to uh, thanks to Ritsko, I do believe. Yes, who was she in a room in or a cell, and then yeah. Gendo came and got her. Then she's back inside. After after we learned that uh, Nerve has been stripped of any legal protection and is now under government control, at least and it will be once they take over. Uh, Ritz goes back inside the Magi with Caspar unit with her talking to her mother. She stops the hack. Buys them like 60-some hours or something like that. Yep, yep. And then we get a view from outside Nerve headquarters where someone has planted a good crop of soldiers. Oh, they're yeah. everywhere. They are. I think Shinji was planting a good crop of soldiers earlier. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> and the military has started taking out Nerve's radar installations. This entire sequence, when we get to them like invading Nerve HQ, yeah. is my second favorite part of the movie. Like it's just brutal. It is. It is. Yes. It is fucking it is the most like blatant, brutal crazy scene aside from the the mech fight later on that i think we've seen in the entire anime like it's just it's just almost jarring like how yeah. violent it is yeah it reminds it all... me yeah of your reaction to the stand when the government came in and silenced kathy bates yes uh, dj it reminds yes. me of your reaction to that jesus christ yes it was it was disturbing this this it, and i think in a good way it's a good disturbing like yeah you didn't well. you, you didn't expect it uh-huh. To co- go to that length, given what we've seen in the anime up to this point. Yeah. And it all begins with one nervous soldier killed by a ninja. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Just kind of stabbed right through the back. Yep. Then they infiltrate Nerve and ma- en masse. They're taking no prisoners. Yeah, take no prisoners, kill everybody. Misato orders... I think it was Misato, orders Shinji to his Eva and orders that Asuka be put in her inside unit too, even though she's still comatose, unresponsive, because it'll be, at least be, she'll be safer there. Otherwise, they'll just, they're just going to wander right into the hotel and just shoot her, and that'd be yeah, it. Yeah, that would be it. No, no, I, that, I suppose that would be a loss, wouldn't it? Yes, it would be, Matt! <laughs> kidding, <sighs> kidding, joking, joking I there. love Asuka. Joking. I mean, I guess if they need a pilot and she's, they don't have time to train up another one. <laughs> How do you feel about Ray in a hole? That's a great British breakfast. I thought <laughs> I was going to do the same thing. <laughs> mm. Was that like eggy in a basket or something? Yeah. <laughs> Just toad in a hole? Toad in a hole. Pig in a blanket? <laughs> Ray's in a hole somewhere. She's like taking a bath because like her clothes are like neatly folded, and she's just like, "I'm in a hot springs." <laughs> I remember it had an orange color, so maybe it was full of LCL or something. It's probably yeah, full of, full of LCL. Shinji has uh, taken it upon himself to go into hiding somewhere. Yeah, he's uh, he's skedaddled. He's found a good um, stairway to hide under. <laughs> yeah, Harry Potter, you are whoop, not. Whoop, 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 whoop. There's Fuyutsuki and Gendo having a little chit chat, and then and Gendo leaves, and Fuyutsuki tells Gendo to give his best to Yui, so... <laughs> so he knows what's up. We, yeah, so whatever plans we assume for resurrection that Gendo has, he's off to do that. Yep, he's off to, you know, grab some boob with a, with a, <laughs> the, the hand of Adam, it's fine. Yep. Our three favorite Nerve staff members are talking about how soldiers... The soldiers are doing more damage than the angels ever did. 
I feel so bad for Maya throughout this. Yeah, she's, she's so innocent. Not, not used to killing humans. <laughs> yeah, says. like like yeah. she's she's trained with a gun, but training and using is two are two completely different things. Yeah. I I feel the worst for her. Like she had she had it she had it bad. Yeah. Uh, but hey. It's only getting worse. Nervous being completely overrun. <laughs> but hey, it's just going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hey, that's you can always trust the world to do that, right? That's true. The order is given by Misato, I think it was, to flood Nerve HQ with Bakelite. That's a lot of Bakelite. Yeah, that's that same. Is that the same stuff they used to stop one of the Aba units when it went crazy in one of the earlier episodes? Uh, I forget, but they they did have might have been Unit Zero. They did place the uh, the Atom embryo inside some Bakelite. Yeah. Bakelite's like a like a hard plastic kind of thing. Oh, okay. You're thinking of the foam, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, the foam. Okay. Really, you you see it flooding everything, and you see it covering dead bodies. Yes, gross. And I start leaving you to me to wonder if they're ever going to be able to recover those people. No, no. They're that's their burial right there. Um, yeah. Sad. They see. That Shinji is about to get himself shot. So Misato runs off to rescue him. The nerve trio. It's just what I'm going to call the three. That's fine. Maya and what's their names. Uh, come under fire. Then the episode titled Love is Destructive. It's fair. Gendo finds Ray and mentions how the promised time has come. The promised creepy time. Yeah. Just a short scene because Shinji about to die. Yeah, yeah. This is This is where... The soldier's like, nothing personal. Yeah, and Misato to the rescue! Oh, she just wrecks shop here. Yeah. It's, God, I love her so much. And then she delivers the same nothing personal line to the last And guy. just blows the dude's brains right out against the wall. Yeah. Oh, wild. It goes uh, right back to me saying she is the coolest character. Yes, she is. Yeah. Hey, you think Shinji will be grateful for the save? No. I I didn't think that. He's too broken. He just wants to die. Mm-hmm. Which goes back to episode 24 a little bit, where in the conversation that she has with him, where he's like, I killed Kaoru, and he should have lived but me. And she's like, no, he craved death. Only those that want to live um, deserve to survive. And here he is, like, with no will to live, no will right. to survive. Right, yep. yeah. The enemy is trying to not do terribly too much damage. Like they don't want to destroy the Magi. Yeah, that's why they didn't just blow up this room with those the the nerve, the nerve trio. Yeah, but they do decide it's a good idea to drop an into mine on Nerve. <laughs> well, eventually they have to cut your losses. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, nerve survives it though. Yeah, hey, Nerve survives everything so far. This next scene has a lot going on. Uh, Misato and Shinji are driving. We see giant spines with severed Ava heads at uh, still attached to them. So not really severed Ava heads. Yeah. A, a giant uh, Ava-sized Sub-Zero has come through. And... Yeah. <laughs> I did think Start ripping heads off. <laughs> Finish him. Misato takes this time to give uh, a big old info dump about what's really been going on behind the scenes. Is this where, is this, does she the one that tells us that humanity is the 18th angel? Yep. Yeah. Okay. She says, Sile wants to start third impact. Humans are the 18th angel. The angels were possibilities of humanity. Pretty fucked up. 
And all this is all this is filled out by one frame flashes of images. Why didn't we end up as D8s? That's what I want. It made it hard to fuck. That's true. That was very true. But not hard to D8. <laughs> God damn it! Da 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 da. Da cha 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 cha. Do either of you have any idea who these people talking inside the giant clock were? Yep. Yeah, okay, so we get this, like, clock room where there's, like, a pendulum behind them going back and forth. I, I want to say it's got to be some politician. They give us, yeah, they give us stuff on the screen, but it's all in uh, kanji and we can't read it. I think it's I think it's some sort of politician because they say, like, well, what we'll have to do is we'll just have to ignore that area just like we did with old Tokyo it'll probably take about a good 20 years before we can move up we can move back in there or whatever so like i think it's just a government official talking about the n2 yeah. fallout and whatnot yeah i think i think it's just a government official like cuz sile is the organization behind nerve but they're not a like public knowledge yeah. organization so it's like here's the here's the puppet political person that probably knows about everything going on is in the pocket of sile I just about made a joke about it being a prime minister. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> and then I didn't. You're not wrong. <laughs> I know I'm not wrong. That's why I st- That would be poor timing. Yeah, it's also true. It also is very true. Yes. That's good. That's more than I thought. <laughs> Could dredge up that, to think about what it That idea of the pendulum comes back later on. And there's, a, there's a bit like of symbolic, I think, meaning oh, to yeah, it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That we'll, we'll kind of get into with the next scene we see later on yeah. with it, but we'll, we'll wait until we get there. Yeah, let's check in on Asuka. She yes. wakes up. Yes. She's inside Unit 2, and she's under, at the bottom of a lake. Mm-hmm. Upside down underwater. Yep, they've got, her, they've got her hidden underwater currently. Yeah. And she's curled up. She's still not doing... Not doing well after that psychic attack from earlier episode. And she's still feeling the effects of it here in this part. Yep. And she's telling herself how she doesn't want to die. And we hear another voice telling her that she has to keep living, keep going. Who could it be? We get lots of disturbing imagery. Asuka, a corpse covered in maggots. Yeah, I I paused on that one because there were so many that flashed by. I had to like pause through them, and that was the one that stood out. It's like the eyes are hollowed out, maggots are crawling out of the eyes. It's really Mm -hmm. gruesome. Yeah. But then Asuka's mom reaches out a hand. She's in Unit 2, baby! She's been there the whole time. Asuka's like... The whole time! Like, the AT field is my mom protecting me? Fuck yeah! Hell yeah. yeah! From beyond the grave... Best part of the movie right here. This gives Asuka the power to lift a nerve cruiser to block some missiles being fired at her. Fucking boss. But she then throws at the missile launchers. So good. <laughs> Did we kill it? <laughs> very cool. Very, very cool. Asuka finally understands that the AT field has been her mother protecting her. It's mother's loving embrace. Yeah. This is what AT fields are. It's a mommy hug. <laughs> <laughs> My personal bullshitometer's kind of topping out for this and for this AT field stuff. She's got to run with it. It gets really bad later in, in in part two. Like there was literally a part where even I was like blocking out the the actual like words because I was <laughs> I was I was over it. But like. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you just kind of got to run with it. Like, it's yeah. it's it's motherly love. It's, yeah. 
The AT yeah. field is what binds well, us all together. It's got a lot of meanings. No, it's it's okay. <laughs> I don't know if this is the best part, but I might as well say it. I took it not that it was the AT field's not the thing that binds us together. The AT field is the thing that gives individuals their individuality. Hmm. So like instrumentality was stripping the AT fields so everybody stopped being people. Uh, and could okay. all it could all blend together. Yeah, and be one. So if anything, AT fields are identities. Yeah, they they keep everyone separate. But a, but a mother's love, a mother's identity as a mother, I suppose could could be the thing creating her identity being used as. But yeah, it's basically weaponized identities. I like that. Also, a cool like title for like a CD, like a, like an album. <laughs> weaponized <laughs> yes. identities. Yeah, it's a good brand, band name. Good great band, great band name. <laughs> This is a pretty good scene of Unit 2 kicking ass. Yeah, I'm here yeah, for it. It was like the best thing that's ever happened in this anime. She is screaming. It is like full on the really exaggerated animes like yeah. a girl in Lagon where she's like, ah, like leaning forward. And yeah. Like, like and yeah. you, then you see the mech punch. It was fucking great. Well, she axe kicks a, a helicopter out of the sky. Yes, she does. <laughs> she's composed. She's cool. She's competent. Con- confident. And competent. I like it. Unfortunately for her, things are going to get a little more difficult because Sile is deploying nine Evas of their own make. Creepy white things with big ruby red lips. I don't like the design of these things. Their faces are creepy. Their wings are cool. Well, and did you notice when they go to, they load the dummy plugs in, the dummy plugs say Kaoru? No. I did not notice that. Oh, I didn't catch that. Huh. Or or whatever. Yeah, so so instead of instead of where Ray was the dummy plug for the some yeah. of the Avas in the earlier episodes, it's Kaoru for the other one. Okay, yes. that makes sense. Here, hold on, let me see if I can catch it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a good catch. These are specifically creatures of Adam them, whereas the others would be, I guess, creatures, creatures of, of Lilith. Lilith. Yeah, they're clones of Adam. All right. Did you ever feel bad for Misato's car? Yes, always. <laughs> She's crashed it again. This is why she had that cool car poster in her room. She just imagines one day where she'll have a nice car that doesn't have to be broken all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's talking to Asuka and telling her how she's got to annihilate those Avas. She's only got nine. Nine Avas. I like how they circle her like a vulture, too. Yeah, right. that is cool. Right. Uh, this is after they'd already, the other soldiers had blown the uh, cord off of her, I believe. Yes. She's, she's, she's running off battery power, which we know Avas yeah. only last for five minutes. Yeah. Yep. They're like an old beat up. Yeah, cell phone. right. So she's got, I think, she's twenty seconds to take each one out. Yeah, she's or rather, like, she's got twenty seconds that she can spend taking each one out. Yeah, she's like it's twenty seconds each, easy, and she makes it look easy. God damn, is she good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, like I said, this is maybe the best thing in the entire anime, and it's also gory as fuck. Like the first one, she just smooshes its face and teeth up. Oh, so good. Yeah. Definitely for to give people some satisfaction. Yes. After so much blue balling in the series. Yeah, pretty much. Shinji is still being a great big wide load that Masato's have <laughs> to drag around. I mean, I thought maybe he was still uh, carrying his wide load around in his hands. Um, hope he washes his hands before then. He, do- he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't want something he like, doesn't. he doesn't want something growing on there like that thing Gendo had growing on his I know! <laughs> this is what happens when you masturbate, son. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready for tragedy, because Misato is hit by enemy fire. Yep. 
This is that scene that we saw briefly in an earlier episode. Yep, pretty much expanded expanded upon. He needs to decide things for himself. He gives all the reasons why he hates himself. She gives him a pep talk wherein she admits her fa- own faults and how she's grown from them. Yeah, she basically kind of like connects. She says, like, I'm the same way. I hated myself. I hated all the, my situations. And look where I am. But then she gives him a grown-up kiss and says there will be more when he gets back. There's more where that came from. That's how grown-ups <laughs> kiss, she says. And says in such a way, I'm like, ah, no. It's ten times worse by the way she phrases it. Yeah, age of consent in Japan is 13. Thought process here, though. She doesn't mean it. Oh, no. Thought no, process she here. She knows she's dying. She knows as soon as she's... she's <laughs> She's, she's like, setting up the battle with the power of blue balls. Yeah, she's like, she's like, I, I got to do anything possible to get this kid to not die here, because she already knows she's gonna die. Like as yeah. soon as he goes gets in the elevator, she collapses. Like that's it for her. Like she's done. Right. Fair enough. And I, oh, her end where she just has this delirious moment where she's talking to Pen Pen and Kaji. Yeah. It's so sad. Pen, Pen, I don't know if she's necessarily delirious so much as she's just putting it out there, getting it off her chest before it stops beating. Right. Did you notice the uh, Ray Specter standing over her? Yes, I did. Very brief second. Yep. That was how she got to be part of instrumentality instead of dying. Is oh yeah. Basically, Ray, Ray took her before. Uh, my theory. Okay. My theory is that the Lilith Ray came right before she actually died. Died. Okay, I'm there for it. Like she did with everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Because the whole floor. Well, no, everybody else, she actually. Yes. Liquefied. Splooshed them. Get to that in yeah. a minute. I'm assuming she got splooshed just off screen like a half a second later, right before she blew up. The whole the whole floor they were on suddenly blows up. In fact, that explosion is awful orange. And I know it's an explosion, so it might be, but That's fair. Know. No, that's fair. And then Shinji cries in the elevator. Well, he's he uh important <laughs> an important an important aspect, he uh he's given Masato's necklace. That's gonna yes. come back again and again in these in, in this film. Yep. More of the cool fight scene with Asuka, annihilating the, trying to annihilate the Avas. Then Gendo and Rei are in the Lilith chamber, looking up at Lilith. Ritsuko's there too! Hi, Ritsuko! Yeah. Ritsuko's got a gun! Everybody <laughs> run! Ritsuko's got a gun! She's got a plan. And her plan is, she's gonna blow this shit up. She's got a gun, she points at Adams, and she's also going to blow up the Magi, I think. Yeah, she says, you know, mother, please die with me, which is another, there's there's something weird about this, like, it reminds me of the Asuka thing, and Asuka and her mom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I suppose that's probably a parallel. There's a, there's a parallel there. But, nothing goes boom. Ritsuko, Ritsuko's mom chose the lover side. Yes. Well, no, it's not that, it wasn't that it was chose, it was that there was three aspects, mm-hmm. and all three had to agree to, to the explosion. Mm-hmm. So the other two said okay. And the other one didn't. Yeah, the lover. The lover the woman, said no. The cause... woman said not to. The mother yeah. and the scientist both agreed it was okay. Which one was That's Caspar? Crazy. I think Caspar was the one that, that dissented. That's the one's flashing. Oh, okay. Yeah, My... Caspar, yep. So that's that's the flaw of building a system that's built off of three completely distinct aspects of personality. Yeah. Well, ultimately, I mean... I mean, ultimately, no, though, because... In, in, a, in the long run, to set off a nuke that would blow everything to pieces... Yeah. You'd probably want, like, all three of your computers to think that was a good idea. So, Mother, you chose your lover over your own daughter? 
And uh, Gendo's got a well, gun too. Well, Gendo's got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> only a third. Of, only a third of her chose the lover. He had to take her down easy and put a bullet in her brain. Here is what happens. Gendo points his gun at Risco and he says something that we can't hear. And Risco calls him. All I remember is the subtitle saying "liar." I forget if she actually yeah, said liar. "liar." I think that's what I saw too. So she had something equivalent to "liar." Uh, and then Gendo shoots her, and Ritsko, as her body is flying backwards into the LCL, she sees the Ray Specter as well. Asuka finally has worked her way up to the final Eva, and she squeezes the hell out of its central heart or whatever through the gut of another one, just like yeah. <laughs> like so Alucard, Alucard type crap right there. Mm-hmm. Just as a fake Spear of Long- Longinus spears Unit 2 in the face. Why? Okay, this part confused the fuck out of me. Oh no, it's a Spear of, Long- of, of Longinus. And then later on they're like, oh, there's the Spear of Longinus. And I'm like, they already threw the Spear of Longinus. Why are we throwing another Spear of Longinus? Well... Okay, here's again my thoughts on this. Now, I, why do I have to be the one to defend the, I don't this know. plot? I mean, I could too, but you have better better things to say. So, my thought process here, those Thanos swords they're carrying, yeah, they're all mass-produced. They all have dummy plugs of Kaururu in them, of Adam. Mm-hmm. I assume Sile, when they made those, they figured out a way to copy the, the Spear of Longinus, too. From some of my extra reading, my understanding was, like, that's the thing to make one of these alien things go dormant. Which is why the one that was in the Lilith was there to keep Lilith dormant. Ah. So there would have had to been another one with Adam. In fact, Adam probably had it in him when Lilith did her Lilithing. And then they traded. Oh, that's possible, yeah. All right. Ultimately, there was some way, shape, or form there was a prototype. And just like they were able to make artificial Avas with artificial souls, Uh they were able to, to duplicate this artifact from the alien race that undoes them. I guess it doesn't kill Asuka here. No. I mean... I mean... No. These spears are just a... a Shiro copy of a Gilgamesh original. Fans of Fate Stay Night are loving it. Fair enough. Hey, you know, that's fine. I'm sure, I'm sure they <laughs> are. If you're out there... Now, I do wonder... <laughs> yeah. I do wonder if it killed Asuka's mother. The soul. Ah, uh, that is a that's good a question. Good, that's a good question. Un- un- oh. The whole mech goes silent. It does. Yeah, it's true. Unfortunately, the entire fight scene is rendered useless because all the Evas reactivate and they start feasting on Unit 2. Yep. Kind of goes back to that uh, that vulture imagery you had earlier with them circling. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's very gross. much was like that. Asuka tries to get a final attack off. But Unit 2 is turned into a giant pincushion by a bunch of spears chucked at it. That was so sad. Literally, her arm or body or whatever is just, like, split in half, I think, by one of those spears. I think it it legitimately went through the dummy plug. I don't don't think it did, but I think the connection with the mech is so well-synced that the injuries are are appearing on her actual body, too. She does actually bleed from her eye uh, this time. Yeah. She takes a moment to... uh, Talk about Shinji. And Shinji is having a little trouble because every unit one is covered in the Bakelite and he can't get in. 
He's just sitting there going, I don't know what to do. I legit am here. I'm trying. Yeah. But I don't I can't get through this shit. Yeah. But suddenly the the unit one breaks free of the Bakelite. You know, it couldn't do that like five minutes earlier. No. No. Okay. Had to wait for the plot. Dramatic effect, got right it. Right plot. Had to wait for the right plot spot. Shinji gets in, unit one is released, some soldiers are seen, and they're terrified. It's unit one! It's the devil incarnate. And that's kinda it, isn't it? Shinji sees one of the Evas with bits of Unit 2 stuck in its teeth. By the way, his Eva Unit 1 has sprouted some giant wings of light. And Shinji sees that and he screams into the void, which is suddenly filled with credits and a chippy, happy tune. After the happy tune, and before we go to our break card, I want to note, because it's technically in the episode 1, we get a uh, a couple of like title cards, cards with like a message from Anno. Thanking the staff, the cast, his friends, and the five women that helped him create this. Right. Which is left a little vague, and I didn't research it. The voice actresses. Oh! Yeah, uh, some of those voice actresses actually show up in part two, like you see them. Oh, yeah? Okay, I wasn't I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be them or not. Yeah, Megumi uh, Hayashibara was one. My favorite. And then, um... I want to. I can't remember who the other, which other two, but I know she was one of the ones that that shows up later. Interesting. I found it on R slash Evangelion. Nice. Ah, cool. So that's the that's the conclusion of part one of this end of Evangelion Shindig. Yes, the better half of uh, of this end of Evangelion Shindig. <laughs> At least, perhaps the more fun half. That is love is destructive. We're going to talk about I need you part two, but first. Let's head into the break card. Now it's time I fear to tell I've been holding it back so long Welcome on into the break card. It's Andy, and I hope you are enjoying our discussion of End of Evangelion. This was a ton of fun to record. Big thanks to Matt for his song at the beginning. I really enjoyed that. Nice little recap of the series overall. It was a ton of fun. So thanks again, Matt. You're awesome. And if you think we're awesome, you can support the show in a number of ways. Number one, first and foremost, tell people about our show. We really would appreciate that. Getting the traffic to our social media sites, to Podbean, to wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. We would really, really appreciate that. We would also appreciate the support on Patreon at patreon.com slash tuningjapanese, where you can donate money to help support our show in a monetary way. I'm going to be at Gen Con again this year. I'll probably talk about it in an upcoming episode or maybe even do a bonus episode. If you're planning on being at Gen Con, reach out. Send me a message, a direct message on our Twitter at tuningjapanese, and I'll try to bring some stickers and some other swag with me to the con, and I will meet up with you and give you that. I would really appreciate saying hi to some fans if any of you are going to be at Gen Con in Indianapolis. I go most years. COVID kept me from the last few years from going. This year I'll be there, and I'm very, very excited to be back at a con and to just enjoy myself for four days. We've still got like another hour, at least uh, as I'm editing this right now, of content to get through the rest of End of Evangelion. I hope you are enjoying this. These last couple episodes have been some of, I think, the best content we've done. Maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. Let us know. Tell us how we're doing. We don't really hear a lot of feedback these days. So let us know in the form of an email, of a review, of something on our social media. 
Let us know that we're not just screaming into the void here, that people are actually listening to us. We really appreciate that. We really appreciate you, and we hope you enjoy the rest of this review of End of Evangelion. We're back from the break card. Hey, we got to get through part two. What do you What do you say? Do we Should we jump in? The faster we do it, the faster we're done. That's fair. That's Let's fair. go. All right. So we go back to Gendo and Ray here in the second part. Gendo says he's one with Adam now, meaning the hand thing that we saw for like that brief moment in episode 25 of the original run of the anime. Essentially, there's going to be a combining of Adam and Lilith, which will mean that he can see Yui. I don't know how any of that adds up, but apparently that's what that means. When you take one part Adam, one part Lilith, you get a completed Yui. Peekabooey, I see Yui. Here are my thoughts. Okay. Adam and Lilith combined do human instrumentality. Human instrumentality knocks down all the AT fields. Everybody turns the LCL goal to get goo together. Mm-hmm. You mean everybody turns into Tang? Yes. <laughs> get some Tang. Yui, is, her soul is still technically around, and Eva's are technically human. So I assume she got into the Eva so that when this happened, she would her soul, what was left of her soul and what was left of his soul, would uh, be able to meet. That makes sense. My question, though, is, was it an accident that she ended up there or was it a planned thing? Because from what we saw in the past, it seemed like it was just an accident that left her body dissipated and right. But at least she was still there to be able, maybe that's why he set on this course to try to do this this way and, and broke rank with Sile. So my question is how is Sile's method different then? They're using the Ava's. I think Sile wants, and again, this is some conjecture. I'm just kind of figuring that stuff out. Uh-huh. Is that Sile wants to do the same thing, but they want to be in control when the world gets remade. Well, so they get to kind of pick and choose. Exactly. They did mention something, I think, about how they don't have to give up their bodies. I think. Did they? I think they did. Although we do, we do see them get tanged. Yeah, but they weren't in control the way it happened. Yeah. Oh, that's true, because it, it changed. Everything changed. Yeah. Uh, Gendo wants everybody to get Tang to be together and just be together. Mm-hmm. And I think Sile wants to do it to rebuild so that they can take control and rebuild the world. Okay. Instead of Shinji doing it, which is what happens. Oh, and by the way, Ray's arm just kind of sloughs off of her body, like, during right. this talk. <laughs> your arm's off. And they say right there, without the AT field, you can't maintain your form. Yeah. 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 Hers is yeah. getting weak. Yeah, arm's off. No, it isn't. What's that then? <laughs> yeah, with her identity being destroyed, her body, is, like, literally is... Falling apart. She's slow motion going tang. Yeah. He wants Ray to cast her body aside to make their hearts whole again or something, he says. And that involves penetrating Ray's body. Yeah, that involves groping his daughter slash... Wife Whatever, clone. wife... What's boob? I'm groping my daughter wife here. <laughs> <laughs> she's not really his daughter, though. She's his wife's clone, so I don't think there's any of his... But, like, there's that whole thing where he's like, if we had a daughter, we would have named it Ray. So, like, there's that, like, thought process. 
when he cloned his wife, well, I mean, maybe he thinks of her that way. Yeah. But, but so, when he cloned her, he just cloned her out of her. So he it's, goes in through it's... the boob and yep. he goes yes. down into the womb. <laughs> right. Essentially. Oh. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's where he was headed. It's fucking it was fucking weird. So we go back to Shinji. He's lamenting the death of Asuka. Um, he screams. Winds are billowing. The the wings are really badass. Shinji's got a rage boner. <laughs> He's using the power of boners throughout this entire movie. Ray, uh, but Simone has hope boners, not rage boners. That's true. That's the power of boners. boners. Suggestion for a title. That's, that's no. it's a good. It's a good suggestion. Ray senses what's happening at this point. She's like Shinji. <laughs> yep. Uh, this is the the spear of Longinus returns from the sky. This is where I wrote, "What the fuck?" Wasn't yeah. that the one already in Unit Two? But anyway, yeah. We my note that. was, "What was the spear we saw earlier?" Then I just thought maybe they forgot <laughs> that they already shot them. the ones earlier. Were the Thanos swords transformed yeah. into yes. fake yes. spears? Yeah. We we got that now, but like, yeah, and she yanks the the real one out of the moon. Yes, the one that was sent there by Ikari's her. man or her yeah. originally, but yeah, her whipping it at an angel that was in orbit. Yes. yes. The one that was uh, hallelujahing uh, yeah. Asuka's brain. Yep. Yes. The Spear of Longinus stops like an... <laughs> Sorry. I hate, I hate saying that word, but I like exaggerated on purpose. Longinus. That's <laughs> uh, not how they say it, though. That's not how they say it. So the, the Longinus stops an inch from Unit 1's neck. And Sile tells us... That's not that long of a ginus. It, it tells us... Sile's the one that I says, can get all the way to the neck. <laughs> stop it. Sile's <laughs> the one who's like, oh yeah, this is the actual spear. And they want to return the Ava back to its original form. There's some chanting. They say, begin the ceremony of instrumentality. Yesu Domine. <laughs> Foo. And the other Avas then just crucify Unit 1. Yep. Crucify! And his wings turn into a cross. Yep. Because of course. Because Christianity. Because. I don't remember this part of the Bible, but we're going to go with it. Because drugs and Bible reading. A healthy dose of of stigmata, too. Yeah, there's quite a bit of that coming up later. Uh, So Shinji looks at his hands as Sile says that, as you just alluded to, that the stigmata has been branded. They're just literally throwing everything out at this point. Throw every Bible word you can think of at the screen, quick. I want to hold your hand. Oh, fuck. (laughs) I I want to hold hold your hand. hand. I want to hold your hand. The Avas take on that pattern that we saw around Shinji, the, like, whatever it's called. The Sephiroth. That, that, that. How do you forget that? It's (laughs) it's the Sephiroth. Yeah, it's the Sephiroth. Sephiroth. Well, technically, I think it's Sephiroth. I know. I think is the way it's actually pronounced. Uh, but. And this creates an anti-AT field. A ZF field. Is <laughs> and is going to be the start of the third impact. I prefer it was a TNA field. The soldiers of Sile who are watching this go, shit, we failed. Because again, Whoops. they were brainwashed to think that what they were doing was something completely different. Sile itself is like, yes, yes, this is the shit that we want. Maybe they wanted to be the ones in, like, in the center of it instead of Shinji being in the center of it. Maybe. But the soldiers, I think the soldiers just were not told the truth. No, the, the soldiers don't know shit. I'm talking yeah. about Sile. Yeah, soldiers never know. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they've broken Shinji enough that they can, they, they kind of see him as a pawn at this point for instrumentality. They're like, he's right. movable at this point. Yeah. Uh, the headquarters is still being destroyed, by the way. <laughs> 
And uh, Vice Gendo says that it's fine. Everything's going to be fine. (laughs) Nothing's going to penetrate HQ. Yeah. There are explosions that create an eyeball pattern, but then it comes to be called the Lilith Egg, but it's actually a black moon, which is what we talked about last episode. (laughs) With the Sailor Moon references? Yeah, the Black Moon is her spaceship and the White Moon was his spaceship. I was, <laughs> I was yeah. trying to remember I was trying to remember why I had eyeball boom in my notes. That would be it. <laughs> That's it. So we go back to Gendo's whole plan. Uh Ray goes back on things, saying that she's not Gendo's doll, and she chops off like hard light her like heart lights her body or something and like cuts off the weird um atom hand and inside of her so now she's housing the atom hand huh and that hole that she atom hands off um looks awful vaginal yes there's a lot of vaginas in this in this movie I, like i missed uh something there yeah so like he's got his hand in her womb and she's like no i'm not your doll and then he's like ah the hand like I'm looking at it now. I did not notice that he had left left his arm in there, and I guess that's how she got the material to regrow hers there. Yep, yep. yep. And that's what happens. She regrows her arm with the help of the Adam cells. Okay, but that was the hand that Adam was in? That was oh, the well, hand I, that Yeah, Adam I guess that in. makes perfect sense. Yep. So that's one he used to... Okay. Yep. Me brain slow, no work good, though. So she says, I gotta go answer Shinji's call. He's in, he's in danger. Yeah, he's calling Shinji. for me. Who are you gonna call? Lilith's tummy mouth. Yes, right. It's Ray. Ah, Ray, who has Lilith's soul and Adam's physical form. Yes, his physical body. I'm home. Which does then bring in Kaoru later, which we'll talk about. We'll get there. It then the body of Lilith oozes off of the nails, yeah. crashes into the water. The face mask thing falls yep. off. Yeah, yeah. Growing the new face that becomes ends up being Ray's face. And boobs. It grows boobs. And boobs. Yeah, it has boobs. We we also see Ritsuko f- turn to goo. We see her clothes like... Yes, floating there. Deflate. In, yes. I was like, well, it's it's her body and then her body empty clothes. It goes, just got to think about how Lilith went from sort of a classic primitive, really thick fertility goddess body to a more modern one with Ray look. I don't know if that's saying anything or not. You know, I don't even think that thing was a primitive fertility goddess body. That was just sort of a dumpy, half-ass-made body. And it may not be the true fully form anyway because of the spear. Maybe it's still regenerated fully from the spear. Well, obviously it hadn't. Yeah. And the body it picks now isn't necessarily a modern look of fertility so much as it just looks like Ray. An embodiment of Ray. So yeah. we as the audience yeah. can know that that's Ray. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, back in the headquarters, they're registering whatever this is as an angel, but then they're like, no, it's not an angel, it's a human being. And that's when we get our view of Ray Zilla. Ray Zilla, nipples and all, um, <laughs> rising up. And like seeing God, it causes Maya to go mad. Mm-hmm. Is that what's like, happening? It, it's, a, it's a Cthulhu moment where you look into the eyes of the, of the complete unknown, the unseeable, and she just loses it. Well, and she touches her, but he pulls her hand through her. Shinji also loses it. He, he's, like, screaming in madness as well. All the angels, like, form wings on her. Yeah. It's and, and, like, and, and like start throwing up ray faces. <laughs> sounds, like an, sounds like an action film thing to say. Form wings on me! <laughs> <laughs> Roger that, Maverick. Yeah, I, I wrote down, okay, this scene, 
the limbs are just kind of becoming ray faces. What the fuck? That, yeah. that, was, my, that was all my notes. Mm-hmm. Shinji tries to get Unit 1 to do anything at this point as he's screaming in madness. Ticks me off so much. Okay. This whole thing here. More often than not, Shinji is struggling with getting in the robot. Mm-hmm. Then he eventually gets in the robot. Then he's almost immediately rendered completely powerless in the robot. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck does it even matter if he gets in the robot or not? Because it's a psychological analysis of a broken human being. And the, <sighs> and the, and the ways in which other forces, like Shinji's whole thing, as we get to near the end of the second half of this, ep- of this part of the movie, is everyone has told him what his identity is. And by the end of this film, he realizes he has no identity because the people that he care that, that he does all these things for. It's like in the scene later when he's a, ch- a child and he builds the um, the Nerve HQ pyramid, and then he kicks it down and destroys it. But then he just compulsively starts building it back up again. Like he has no control over his, his own life and any any say of it. So it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to get in the robot. Well, it's not going to matter. Like like it's he's still not going to be able to do anything. To, to, to save it on his own because he has no will or life of his own. It's just what other people tell him to do. I am starting to think that uh, you cannot watch Evangelion for pure entertainment value. <laughs> no, any entertainment value. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. Yeah. So far, clearly... I have, so far, I have been entertained by one fight. <laughs> but Andy is really entertained by the philosophical stuff. So... I... I'm an English teacher. This is this is right up my alley. <laughs> he eventually then starts praying and realizes that like again, nothing's gonna save him. So he like he turns to God. Oh god. This is where he sees Kaoru, who is now part of this conglomeration of Ray, Lilith, Adam. So we get a combined Lilith, Adam, Ray, Kaoru, Kaiju. Yes. Actually, Kaoru or was it Ray pretending to be Kaoru? My take I feel like just like Ray had the Lilith soul inside of her, I think Kaoru had the Adam soul inside yes. of her. And so the fact that we have Lilith and Adam physically rebonded. Maybe brought the soul back. Yeah, that soul is there just like directing itself. Well, we don't know where Adam's soul is at all. So it may have, Adam's soul may have been in Adam's body the whole time too. Yeah. yeah. Um, in Gendo's hand. Yeah, it's very true. So, yeah. So you have basically both bodies and both souls as this one weird being now okay something about a fruit of life and a fruit of knowledge the ava is now a god and i think they i think they tie like lilith is the fruit of life and adam is the fruit of knowledge i think they kind of tie that to that yeah or try to yeah i i this is this is there are certain parts in the second half that i start kind of i don't pay as close of attention as i maybe should when i think about it i start to like it and understand it and then i go back to watch it and i'm like ah fuck i hate this and that's one of the things, like, it's kind of clever that the two giant aliens that created things on Earth, yeah. one is the tree of life and one is the tree of knowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that Lilith, being the one that birthed humanity, is the tree of life. And Adam was the forbidden fruit, the tree of knowledge, the thing that humans shouldn't have touched and did. Humans literally went to the tree of knowledge, Adam, the forbidden fruit, and screwed their world up. Yeah. It's way more clever when I'm, you know... Yeah. Five miles away from it. It make, makes a better philosophical uh, paper than it does an anime series. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we get this sort of like angel or devil that's there to either save or destroy humanity, and it's all up to Shinji to kind of decide what happens to humanity. 
Oh, it's all, we're it's all in his saved. Hands. Then we get more weird shit about instrumentality. So the stage is set. The this is where we get um, Shinji, like kind of fading back to his childhood. He talks about like playing the cello, and like there's this like kind of like reference to how essentially they doesn't really go into it much here, but they like, get the idea of like it's like something he was going to do for himself. Kind of to create, and that's not something that he gets to do throughout much of his life. So then we get the scene that I mentioned of the sandbox, and how his friends there are actually dolls, which ties into that yeah, whole right. symbolism of like characters and people being dolls. Well, and he's been Ray Lilith Cowher Adam has basically given him a stage full control. Yeah, full control over everything. Literally a stage yeah. at this point because we get yeah. that call back to episode twenty six. Yeah. Where every like like a spotlight, you actually see the the, the spotlight for half a second, like yeah. the, like the the actual pole and the and the light itself, and then yeah. you see like someone sitting up on a stage. So it's it's kind of hinting back to what twenty six hit us with too hard throughout that whole episode. Right. I didn't look at this scene as much more than uh, more ex- expounding more upon his uh, abandonment issues. Yes, I agree. Since he's playing with friends, and there's like, hey, come play with us. But then they leave him almost immediately on his own. Yep, I wrote the same thing, that he's yep. that, that they leave him alone. My favorite thing about this scene is everything is symmetrical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We get that pendulum again, too, in this yeah, scene. Yeah, in this, yeah. this, the, the, yeah. Now the pendulum is um, a, swing. a swing set. Nice. Where the swing set does stop at some point. So it's like this sort of like loss of momentum, movement in life versus no movement, no life sort of like decision that he has to make. Right. Or just which way he's going to take things. Yeah. yeah. And I and I love, too, that like I already mentioned it and talked about it, but like he here he is building the pyramid of Nerve HQ. And then he gets pissed off and he punches and kicks and, and destroys it. But then the next scene we see of him is him rebuilding it. Like he, he's just he's forced into constantly doing what he doesn't want to do. And no matter what he tries to do to put an end to and do his own thing, he just can't. He's being controlled at every step along the way. Okay. Or you could read it as this is his decision whether he decides to destroy the world or, or build it rebuild it. Mm-hmm. Build it back up. Mm-hmm. Also very true. I missed uh, him rebuilding it. Yeah, it's like right after like like there's a shot away. I think it's looking at maybe the pendulum, and or the swing. And I think you hear him like kind of ah, ah and like screaming and kicking. Yeah, and there's sound of like kicking sand. I'm watching yeah. it right now. Yeah, it it doesn't really look to me like that's what he's doing, just because it's such a far away shot. But so I yeah, they they don't it. show it. They have to kind of like extrapolate it from the sound mostly. But and then we get sort of like a series of events leading his relationship with the other characters, um, Asuka uh-huh. and Masato. Asuka talking about her mom, Masato saying, like, man, I, I could never be Shinji's mom. That weird scene that we saw before of Masato and Kaji having sex with a fan going and Shinji watching. Uh-huh. And it's and like all of these scenes like tie into this idea of like sex and desire. And more importantly, I think it ties into this idea of how Shinji has these sort of viewpoints of these characters, these friends, these people he's associated with. And he's never been never sees the full side of them. So like when he sees Misato having sex, both he and then Asuka's voice are like, that's so gross and blah, blah, blah. And he's being judgmental because he doesn't really understand what someone fully goes through or experiences, right? Like he's so mad at Asuka, but he doesn't really understand where Asuka's coming from fully and vice versa. But he's starting to figure it out because, yes. because their identities are breaking down. Yes. Right. 
it's not just he's imagining Masato and Kaji having sex. He's, he's seeing it. He's, he's seeing he's experiencing an actual, it. Yeah. Because they're all becoming one. Yes. Yeah, and Asuka's there to comment. Yes. I uh, didn't quite get it the first time around that they were actually also conversing with each other. Yeah. We get Asuka's scene with them, like her saying, we should kiss. A bunch of scenes from that I hate, is my That's note. That's Asuka says that Shinji will never know who she actually truly is. And then he rightfully does fire back like, yeah, yeah. because you always guard yourself. You never tell me anything about yourself. You're always cruel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and again, there's that synergy of these two characters. Why these are the two main, in my opinion, the two main characters of this entire anime that really the, get the most portrait of study and rightfully so, because each one handles the stress of their own situations in very different ways and here in this scene it's you can tell how both of them are struggling to kind of understand each other pointing out the flaws of of the other of how they could never understand how she could never understand shinji and how he could never understand her uh-huh. right i love that i think it's fantastic it's well it's well written glad they bring the train back <laughs> they do bring the train back this time with asuka literally up in his face yeah. well it's after she chides him about jerking off to her yeah yeah and she yeah. says go on do it like you always do yeah. so i'm guessing this isn't the first time it's just the first time he's uh you know in person she's she's chastising his the repression of his sexuality and, right and, well and, even on the train she's she's not just in his face her boobs are in his face mm-hmm. yeah she's like do it right to my face do it yeah take it out whip it out come on essentially is what she says <laughs> and she also says if i can't have all of you i don't want any of you yeah which is kind of her you know, I'm attracted to you, but I can't deal with you mm-hmm. having anything with anybody else. Mm-hmm. That's maybe a reason why she hates Ray and Masato as much as she does. Yeah, because yeah. he has a relationship with them, period. Ah, damn it, I'm starting to slightly like what's going on here a little bit. That's what I'm saying. The further you get away from it, the more it makes sense. And the more it, it becomes clever. Yeah. And then you watch it up and you go, what the fucking hell? <laughs> it's well written. Well, it's well written. Still, let's take this moment to appreciate the fact that Pen Pen makes a short appearance. We do get a bit of Pen Pen here. I appreciate it. Uh, we go to Shinji and Asuka at the dinner table. He's pleading with her to help. He even says, like, you're the only one for me. And she's like, you're a fucking liar. And this is where we kind of, what Bill, Bill just talked about, like, you know, what about all these other girls? What about all these other things, right? Right. Yeah. And man, that coffee burn when he gets, like, knocked over into the coffee pot. Uh-huh. Ooh. Then he resorts to throwing a fit. He, like, flips the table, bashes the chair around. Um, Asuka says simply to him, like, he's like, no, you gotta help me, you gotta help me, you gotta help me. And all she says, single word, no. And it's just the coldest line in the entire episode, or the entire movie. And then that's when he just straight up strangles her. Yes. That's not how autoerotic asphyxiation works, Shinji. This is the first of two times where he's going to do this in this movie. This one, I think, is very, very clearly, in my opinion, out of rage and anger. We're starting to get what is my favorite part of the whole movie. Come Susser Todd. What is that? The song that plays over this extended uh, sequence of events. Okay, gotcha. This was my first time seeing End of Evangelion, but I have had the song Come Susser Todd on my music playlists for since... since way back when? Way back when. Back in the Napster days? Back back when I was really into English language uh, versions of Japanese songs. Stray! Exactly. <laughs> Even before then, I think. We get more weirdness. 
Yes. Um, a series of Lots crayon of drawings, both pleasant and unpleasant. Um, seizure warning. Cat. To be fair, like this, this really did bother me. To like, be I, fair, I, oh, I, yeah. I literally, when I was watching this the first time, I was, I closed my eyes during this whole scene. I couldn't watch it. Like it was really, like I knew it wasn't like really, really affecting me, but like it was fucking with me. Yeah, I did did not like it. Yeah, did not like it. Yep, understood. Shinji again thinks that people have betrayed his feelings. Ray says that Shinji. Just lived his life the way that he wanted others to see it. This kind of ties into a lot of the stuff we talked about of 25 and 26. Right. It's just a little more truncated here. Um, they both talk about have, about the idea of no one existing, which leads, obviously, Tim to that side of the choice of, like, instrumentality, potentially, of the ending it all, kind of. Right. Yeah. Uh, we get a dark moon rising. I see a dark moon rising. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. That's us setting up there. Ray, Lilith, whatever, conglomeration, reaches out and cradles the Black Moon. The HQ people, the uh, the Nerve Trio, as, as, as Matt has, has coined them, uh, say that all life may not be able to maintain their shapes at this point. It's Tang time. They're, they're breaking mm-hmm. down. Ray gets all stigmata uh, as the bodies of everyone turns into LCL. And she shows up to everybody. Yes. LCL, this liquid that, you know, we see in the uh, entry plugs, which they always comment smells like blood, obviously like the blood of, I guess the blood of Lilith here, Uh you know, or or whatever. It's LCL, so it's literally, I mean, it's literally the primordial ooze that life arose from, so. The goo in the womb. And if they they are all the children of Lilith, it is like, it's kind of like that imagery of like the blood of Christ. It's like the blood of of Lilith here. She shows up to all of them. We get a lot of really, oh, this, it really freaks me out. Uh-huh. Not just that, but you get like, they get one final moment of seeing the one thing that they want to before they die. Yeah. Right. So like Fuyutsuki sees Yui, given what we saw of their backstory, and then he gets yeah. tanged. Yoga sees Misato, which we kind of had some inkling maybe there was something there because he's always very close to yeah. her. Yeah. Um, but obviously you can tell he's got a huge crush on her. Maya, I can't tell if it's supposed to be sexual or if it's just, like, looking up to a mentor. Ritsuko. Oh, I think it's sexual. Yeah, because, like, she is, like, putting her hands on her hands and there's, like, a really, like, there's a hug. The Sile members all kind of, like, go out one at a time, except most of them we just see their lights flicker off. And then we see, number one, him get gooified. And leave a whole bunch of artificial body behind. Yeah. Which is, I have questions about Sile, but they're never going to get answered. No. And then you have Gendo who obviously has a, a longer conversation with Yui for dramatic effect. At one side of him is, is, is Yui. At one side is Kaoru. At one side is Rei. They talk about leaving Shinji alone, and he says that was the best thing to do. It's not that uh, Gendo didn't love Shinji. It's that he feared being a screw-up so bad that he just decided to be just a screw-up. Just be a screw-up, essentially. <laughs> be less of a screw-up. By not having anything to do with them. They then. call him out on that. All three of them. Yeah, well, they do. Yeah, They're yeah. like, yeah, so like, you fucked up his life. Plenty of people would rather have a screw-up father than no father at all. Absolutely. And what's interesting about his is that his end is not with you, is with Yui, but it isn't at the same time where his end right before he gets gooed is getting eaten by Unit 1. Yep. Yeah. So it's his, it's, it's his guilt is the last thing that he sees. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I love that. We get a glimpse of all three rays. The ones yes. that like like we get the child ray, obviously yeah. that then was replaced by the pilot ray that we had throughout most of the series, and then the current ray. Yeah, 
each of the weird white angel things stab themselves or something, and then yeah, and yeah, they yeah. are getting off on it. They are <laughs> they are penetrating themselves. Yes, and loving it in such a nice way. There's a lot of penetration imagery um, because we are heading toward a rebirth, and then the planet becomes LCL in what I think is the coolest visual of the whole episode. Probably fair. In the atmospheric shot of the planet, and then it's just like towery crosses all throughout, and then just like a wave yep. and screams of people getting turned uh-huh. to LCL. It's and you fucking notice, wild. The whole planet. Again, her stigmata in her hands that she's yanking the She's pulling it all out into. through her hands. But you know, well, yeah, in through her hands. Mm-hmm. But you notice that those basically look like vaginas, too. Yeah, they're, those are also vaginas. Then her forehead becomes a vagina. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it gets speared, and we get the whole full sex metaphor. To go along with the rebirth, so we had the penetration of the eye on the in the vagina. I found um, and the that, clitoris, and then and the, that thing has a clitoris. That's yeah, no, it, it, it legitimately has a clitoris. Yeah, and then Ray flies by as sperm. Um, there's just a flood of white rays uh, to again go through this whole like imagery of rebirth as it's going racing across the planet to eradicate everything to start life over again. And oh. yeah, it's just it's just one giant. Yeah, careful of all the strobing. Yeah, um, it's that part. It is a uh, just a whole scene of tying in this idea of rebirth. We go back to Shinji. He listens to a number of angry, negative voices. Uh, Masato and Ray tell him that he can just give up if he wants, which is I think supposed to be just more Shinji's inner thoughts. Yeah, too of like how he thinks people see him. Yeah, it's 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 the Masato that's in his heart. Yes. Yeah. For, to go back to episode 26. Yeah. yeah. There's still a merge and everything at this point. Right? Yeah, they're yes. merging. They're still merging, mid-merge. So, so they, they literally do know what he's thinking there. Which has got to be fucked up for them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this whole thing's fucked up for everyone. Yeah. But... Hey, speaking of fucked up, then we go to a real-life theater. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, a real theater. And then we get, like, a series of images of real-life stuff which i find kind of fascinating and we'll eventually very quickly here in a few minutes going to lead us to i think my favorite line of the entire movie that basically kind of sums up ano's entire message in his work as a as a creator but we'll get there in a second oh there's a kitty yeah there's a kitty kitty Kitty. there's a a cute kitty this is where we also i think we get the shot of the the voice actresses as well somewhere in here Uh uh-huh in a big old crowd yeah shinji talks about dreams that i just saw boob and this is when this is when we see us the theater of people. This is the internet. I, I'll blow your mind here in a minute. <laughs> when you read fiction, when you watch fiction, there oftentimes the the author, the creator, likes to insert themselves into the fiction. This is the most direct we have it right here in this scene, where we have an audience of people, literally, essentially, us watching the film, right? And we get this conversation between Shinji and Ray. And they're talking about, like, what is reality? What does it mean? Is it is it just a dream? Is it more? Is it just for entertainment? And Shinji can't find happiness. Then we get the line, my favorite line of the whole movie, which is Rei just talking to Shinji. And she says, you made a convenient fantasy to take revenge on reality, which is exactly what Anno did in creating Evangelion. He's created an entire fantasy world to kind of get out all of his thoughts, all of his inner demons, all of his 
anxiety, all of his hatred, all of his everything, his, his viewpoint on humanity, and put it in the face of the rest of the world to say, this is what reality actually is. You, the audience, the actual image we see of you in this theater right now watching this movie, this is my message to you. When Ray says, you were escaping the truth by going into a fabricated world. That's Anno's going in and creating Evangelion to like create a different world for himself that like reflects his thoughts on, on, on everything. Uh, and there's also this line of that's not a dream. That's just a substitute for reality. I think it's Anno maybe coming to, to terms through the character's conversation here and through Shinji. Why did I create Evangelion at all? Like it caused me nothing but more pain and more suffering. People hated my work they loved it so much, then they, they turned on me, they hate it, and I'm going to literally show an audience here, and I'm going to tell the audience exactly why I created what I created, and kind of justifying his reality through this this piece of artwork. I reject his reality and substitute my own. <laughs> and yet you're right to do so. But you're also, you also paid for the ticket. You're sitting in a theater, and you have nowhere to go but to listen to his version of reality. Well, I mean, you could. I just like the one guy on camera who's like throwing gig signs. (laughs) Yes, he's like, "What's up?" (laughs) (laughs) He's just wiggling his thumb, but yeah. Um, And you could totally fingers. I don't don't think that's. Either way, you could still take an extended break at the snack bar until it's over. (laughs) I thought this was brilliant. I thought this was like his thesis for the entire series. It's just as a creator, like I get it. I totally understand. Like it's a little heavy-handed. It was super heavy-handed. It's it's unbelievably heavy-handed. I actually am agreeing with you completely. The problem with me is I just don't want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's much more entertaining hearing you do talk about it. It's a middle finger to this culture of sometimes when you create something, yes, you're creating it for an audience, but at the same time that audience will latch on to every little thing that they don't like and they will let you know it in the form of, for him, of death threats. And so, like, I don't know. There's a lot of layers here and I think it's brilliant. I think it's it's heavy-handed. It's a middle finger. There's literally a shot of some of the, the text of the death threats and, like, the criticisms that he received personally, like, interspersed at the end here in this scene, oh. too. Okay, I was wondering what those were. They don't translate the text, but, like, I did some some digging and that's literally the things that he written about Anno and to Anno that he tossed into the film here. Ah. So, I don't know. I love this scene. It's heavy-handed, yes. It's maybe weird and boring and avant-garde, yes. <laughs> but I think it's brilliant. You're helping me gain, gain an appreciation for it. Any, any thoughts on that, Bill? Yes. Like I said, I, the further I get from it, the more this stuff resonates. Well, then we get an empty theater, which, to me, when I looked at it, looks like an image of a cross. Yes, yes. that was, I think, intentional. Uh-huh, yeah. Totally. Shinji asks where his reality is. Reality comes after the dream, says Ray. Then we get flashes of those hate letters that I mentioned. Yeah. Um, and then what now? Ray, God, being things, neck bursts open and blood sprays everywhere. Yeah. And Shinji finds himself in looking up at Ray in an ocean of LCL, and their bodies are melded together, and she's straddling him. They're crotch to crotch. She's merging with yes. him a little bit still. Yes. And there's a line, I think it's her, it's a, describing, it says, a world where you are everywhere and nowhere. And this is what the world that Shinji wanted. He wants nothing and everything at the same time, which is why, like, it's been impossible at this point to, like, fully 
figure out which way to go with it. He does lift up his hand where he has, he still has Masato's cross and he lets it go and it floats out in front of him. And that's where I think he, the switch kind of clicks and he's kind of reminded of like, shit, she did everything for me. Like she gave her life to like, try to protect me. He essentially is like, I kind of want others. I, I could see the importance of other people. He thanks Ray. You know, he's asked about like, but if you, if you go back to reality, then AT fields are going to keep hurting people and people are going to hurt other people. And do you want to be responsible for a, an existence where people are in pain? And he says, yeah, pain makes what makes life worth living. <laughs> he says too, that if everybody is the same, everybody is one being, you're still lonely because you're by yourself. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. We're everything, but we're everything by ourselves. Mm hmm. And my favorite line from Star Trek V is, I don't want you to take my pain. I need my pain. <laughs> Sorry. So this part, I didn't, like, I like it, but I feel like it was pretty sudden. Um, but then again, this movie's been going on forever. So I'm, yes. I'm, kind, kind, I'm also kind of okay with it. This is where Unit 1 emerges from Lilith's eye, howls, uh, and then life is returned to the planet. The moon bleeds all over Lilith. I guess all that blood goes back into the world and the world, the blood is the LCL and the LCL goes back and, you know, slurps back into people, I guess. And then uh, Ray's head goes plop and then lands on the planet in a really gross scene where her, like, <laughs> you can just see like the vertebrae and like the sinews and everything is like falling apart and it's gross. Uh, and then, then Ray and Kaoru talk all inspirational stuff that honestly I stopped paying attention to here because <laughs> I wanted to be done writing notes. It's all the same bullshit. Uh, and just look at the pretty and grotesque and cool explosions. I think that's that's the, the cooler part of this end part. We get the gist of what's going on. People can reclaim their form if they know how they see themselves or something. It's up to them to kind of make a paradise and happiness for themselves. Almost two hours of recording. We're almost done. So Shinji and Ray are drifting apart at this point. He's unsure if he's made the right choice. Ultimately says, you know, I guess I guess it's, we'll find out. He thinks about his mom and then the god head of Lilith or Ray or whatever splits in half. Gendo and Yui and Shinji are again together in that scene in the park where he's like gra like grabbing for the boob. And uh, this <laughs> is where Yui says that the Ava will remain when the earth is gone as a reminder of humanity. So apparently like if the earth gets destroyed, the Ava will still be around somehow. Uh-huh floating in space, like Unicron's mm -hmm. head or something. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> no, well, they're talking about how as long as there's an Earth and a sun and whatnot. And a moon. And a moon. And I'm I'm just... Guys, those are not forever. <laughs> those will go away at one point. <laughs> they do acknowledge it'll be gone, but the Ava will remain to like remember humanity by. Yeah, until some alien force comes along and says, what the hell is that? Boom. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well, I think Alien Force is why it's here in the first place. Right. Like, Lilith and Adam came from somewhere. Yeah, those are alien shit. Yeah. That, 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 that have been disguised as gods because that's the only way that man can make sense of a strange reality. Uh, yeah. Boy, that's caused a lot of problems over the years. We get a title card. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, one, which is titled One, one, one Final I Need You. Shinji is in the aftermath. Crucified Dead Unit 1. Ray's creepy head is in the background this entire scene, and I do not like it. Uh, they're uh -huh. on a beach. Asuka and Shinji are laying on the sands. Ray is, I think, standing there. And then he turns, like, looks again, blinks, and she's gone. 
Shinji turns around, goes over towards Asuka, and then begins choking her again. My question here is, is this an act of compassion, of guilt, of anger, his, a reminder that he's constantly capable of doing bad things as a human being? What is, what is your take on why he immediately just rolls over and just starts choking Asuka? It's a disturbing scene, because like he, he, the first thing he does is just starts choking her, and she, uh, in response, reaches up and sort of like caresses his, his, his uh-huh. face. Yeah. So there's like a I, sense of violence and a sense of like peace, yeah. you know, which really is like did, a reversal for the two. I really didn't know what to think about this stuff. I think maybe he's still angry at, uh, at her and the way she's been, because obviously their last emotion as individuals was him choking her. So maybe he just rolled right back into that place. Only now she's matured enough and understands him enough to know what he really needs is affection. And so she doesn't act like the Asuka she was. But kind of does. Still. I was doing a little bit of reading, and this was actually something on Wikipedia of all places I found. Oh, you know, I had that article open up and I was going to read it after we did this. One of the things they mentioned in that about the ending scene is some people had speculated because this is like a rebirth, all that rebirth in, like imagery and sort of like a restarting. Shinji's kind of like an Adam and she's kind of like an Eve. I was going to ask you that because that does, I kind of wonder that too. If Because we don't see any other people, just the two of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they say that the people have to regain their form. Yeah. So, so they're the first ones to do that? And there's like a glance and then you see Ray and then Ray's gone, like Ray is God and these two are yeah. Adam and Eve. Right. Oh boy, let me out of this garden right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then after, like, so after he strangles her, like, he then, like, starts crying, and then she's not dead. Nope. She, like, snaps her eye toward him. And, like, who who patched her up anyway, huh? But that's an awful lot like the way Ray got, gets patched up. Yeah. If, yeah, fair. Mm-hmm. You know, so Ray, we we don't we never find out what's wrong with Ray's eye when we first see her, but she's always got a patch over her eye. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if there's something cyclical, like, Ray was had the 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 problems that Oscar would. Oscar says uh, her final word. The final word of the whole movie is um, disgusting. Or in the original, I think it was. I think it was. I feel sick. Like there's an implication of. I don't know if it's just anger towards Shinji. I don't know. It's just. It's a wild ending. And disgusting is a lot more on the nose than I feel sick. I feel sick could mean a lot of things. The article on Wikipedia, I'll just read a line here. It's taken from the website Anime Nation. It says, The website Anime Nation considered the phrase, I feel sick, as Asuka's realization of the existence of another human being, Shinji. Asuka says the same phrase in a scene of the director's cut on the twenty, the 22nd episode. Disgusted by human contact, she refused to share space in her existence with Shinji and Masato. According to Anime Nation, Shinji strangles Asuka to prove to herself she is distinct and separate from him, the other, while Asuka's final words may be a reworking of Jean-Paul Sartre's quote of, hell is other people. Huh. Ah, Sartre. What are you reading that for? Because Nietzsche is too butch and Kafka reminds me of your friends over there. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's a line from a Gargoyles episode. (laughs) Just, what the fuck? Oh, gargoyles. Gargoyles. Um, when I initially saw it, I saw him strangling her as an act of compassion. Maybe he exists in this, he looks around at this fucked up world and realizes I'm, he might have fucked up. <laughs> and maybe, and, and maybe it's like a, 
I can't put her through this hell. I don't know. There's there's a lot of readings to it, I think. I don't understand it that way, but I don't have a better counter-argument either. Okay, that's fair. I'll I'll take any light in this darkness. That's fair. And that's it. That's literally the end of the film. It just kind of stops. It's just still a better ending than we had. A lot better, I think. Perhaps it was all a dream, because it all goes to a white screen like in Total Recall. Uh, no, stop that. Bad, <laughs> bad Matt. We're not Total Recalling this, Matt. All right, this is the part where we talk about our thoughts on the film End of Evangelion. I feel like I should start just because I'm going to have the most positive things to say. I liked the film. I thought the first half was gave us the plot that the original episode 25 and 26 refused to give us. We find out in much more detail what instrumentality is. We actually have the invasion of Nerve from Sile, so we get that sort of culmination of that whole storyline. We get cool-ass mech fight. We get a lot of horrific violence that just paints a picture of just how desperate this organization Sile is to get what they want. And then the second half took the conceptual idea of episode 26 from the original series and 25 and tightens it a little bit, makes it a little bit clearer, doesn't go on as long, cuts the really fun scene that Matt liked about the, the sit, like the sort of like slice of life anime. And then, and then also gives a fuck you to the people that threatened to kill him and made him want to commit suicide. Yeah. I thought as a sort of like, way to like actually end the series and uh, give not just the fans, but himself a bit of satisfaction. I thought it was well done. I thought it was, was well-written and uh, a masterful piece of, of uh, work that just had some flaws just because of the way that the story was structured overall. Yeah. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff there. I don't know if it was masterfully put together. That's fair. It's all opinions. I, I really feel... Like, the guy might have been a genius, and he dropped a lot of LSD and read the Bible. And he's a genius, so a lot of good stuff came out, but he didn't structure it in a consumable way. Needed a different medium, perhaps. Not even necessarily a different medium, but it, it needed to... There had to be a go-between between him and, and it hitting the, the cellulite, I guess, or cellulose or whatever. Like, he needed somebody to, like, Jot his ramblings down and then craft it to an actual plot. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, I don't dislike it overall. It's It's got some great visuals, no denying that. Finally watching it, the uh, the uh, way they put the Calm Susser Todd song in there is uh, perfect. It does have quite a few highlights from the series as a whole in it. It was pretty enjoyable when all is said and done. But it's a lot like that thing where somebody asks you, how was the movie? And you say, hey, it was great. I'm never going to watch it again, but it was great. <laughs> I I know exactly what you're talking about. I've felt that way about several movies. <laughs> yeah, good capper. Pretty good capper for Evangelion, honestly. We will be able to dissect this even further in our finale episode of Season 7, oh where, we are, where we are going to kind of talk about characters, favorite moments, favorite episodes, uh, sort of piecing together, maybe doing our own little bit of uh, soul searching and research and bringing some different things to the, the table. We'll have a, as usual with a finale episode, they'll, I'll bring some sort of trivia or fun game for us to play. Uh, and then we'll also have the big reveal 
of season eight, which is Bill's season. So we're going to find out what it is Bill has chosen for his next anime. Uh, so we got a lot going on in that one. Do not miss that episode. That is going to be usually is one of my favorites. Um, oh, we're also going to rank where Evangelion falls amongst all the other anime that we've, we've done for this show. So I'm very excited to talk about all that. Uh, but that is next time for now. Bill, we got to get out of here, man. It has been two hours and I can't imagine it's going to be trimmed down all that much when I'm all, all said and done. This has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes talk about Evangelion. And God knows I'm not perfect either. I've made a ton of stupid mistakes. Ah, fire might do the whole thing. I'm Bill. Even without my umbilical cable attached, I've still got 12,000 plates of fortified armor. I'm Matthew. And he's Zap Brannigan. And uh, my chamber of golf is still open, I've just realized, after two hours of recording. Should have fixed that. Thanks, Bill. My name is Andy. And we will see y'all for the finale. Kisses. Andy's going to get canceled over this. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Patrons also have access to our brand new series, Tuning In, where we watch the first episode of an anime and give you our first impressions. Special thanks to Brian Nash, Matthew Van Diver, Dan Park, and Andrew Caswell. curtains have been raised. Now, Ray, be my guide and help me unite with Yui once again. What? I cannot do that for you. I am not your doll. <coughs> why? Because I am not you. That's why. Ray! Wait, please. Ray, please, I'm begging you. I can't. Shinji is calling for me. Ray! <laughs>